Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Leading Off. Know your eyes and ears do not deceive you. It is me, Ryan Warmly, in the host chair today, joined by my illuminous guest, Dan Harris. Thank you so much for coming on to my show today, Dan. I really appreciate you making the time for me. Uh, Ryan, what day of the week is it? Uh, I believe it's a Wednesday, but don't quote me on that. You have already surpassed Tuma. I'm not kidding. So Tuma like, and Mayor reached out to me yesterday and were like, dude, Tuma nailed the open. I don't know. You know, Tuma is famous for his very awkward opens and transitions and endings and just general hosting <laughs> style. And so I went back and I listened to it. I was really excited. And dude opened the show with welcome in to the Monday, August 31st. I was like, you didn't even get the day right. You were um, already ahead of everybody, especially Tuma. So uh, I'm very happy to be here on your show. Thank you for uh, having me on as a guest. I'll try not to screw it up. Yeah, like, like I said, I appreciate it. I have high hopes for you today. Uh, it is yep. Wednesday, September 1st. We are now officially in the last full month of the regular uh, fantasy season for baseball. Um, no, my Twitter handle is not fantasypros underscore MLB. <laughs> I don't know why Chris didn't change that. We literally both mentioned it to him yesterday. My Twitter <laughs> handle is at Ryan Warmly. That's W-A-R-M-L-Y. Dan, of course, gets his correct Twitter handle on there, even though he's only the guest today. I, I don't know why that's happening. I do have one quick question for you, Dan, before Ready. we get into our baseball talk today. Yeah. Last week, when I was on my, the show for my debut, we talked a little Matrix at the end of the show. I am curious, have you received a satisfactory answer to your question about the Matrix? No, uh, I have not. It, it frankly is a little disappointing because our people who are watching here today and in Discord are just like, they're on the ball about everything. They have an answer to every question. The best I got... I think it was Wonky Penguin, who, again, she is one of basically our our, our favorite listeners without that. She's awesome in Discord. I feel like it was her, sorry if it wasn't you, Wonky, who posted like a theory that basically didn't really make sense, but was sort of a like, look, if if I'm the producer and I'm in an interview and I have to explain why the impossible is possible, this is could have what happened. But no, I have not gotten it. And you confided in me, right, that that had secretly bothered you for years, right? That, that is a true statement. I did message you immediately after the show and say, by the way, I have had the same question for a while. Um, of course, you as the host just talked over me the whole time, and I didn't have the chance to share that on the show last week. So I will share it now that I have, have the opportunity that I, uh, I have also had that same question. Uh, I don't have an answer for you. I, I didn't, to be fair, I didn't do a ton of research on it in the last week, but I, I, did, not, uh, I did not come across anything that I, I found satisfactory myself. Yeah, but we, I, we, we, I'm glad. I'm glad, by the way, that you have solved my hosting style, which is just to talk nonstop, <laughs> and then the show runs out, and I'm like, "We made it! Cool. We've done a half hour. Yeah, it's awesome." <laughs> <laughs> so we we will jump into baseball. Um, we'll we'll run through start with the good here because that seems to be what all the hosts like to do. Um, and and of course, my first time hosting, the first name here, I it's a name I've only read and haven't said out loud, and I should have asked Frank either Schwindel or Schwindel. I apologize for not knowing. Uh, I believe I, it's Schwindel. Schwindel. I believe it's Schwindel. I'll, yes. I'll get it right the rest of the show. Frank Schwindel, home run number seven. Uh, his August numbers are through the roof, 344 average, 130 OPS, six home runs, 16 runs, 18 RBI. Uh, and he, he's done this in like 35 games, these seven homers. So he's been absolutely you know, bananas here in August. Um, is he somebody that you think can carry you over the top here in September if you're in the fantasy playoffs? I won't say that I will rely on him 
throughout uh, the the you know fantasy playoffs or whatever you want to do or or down the stretch in your roto league. But we talked about it a little bit with Mayor. These are the types of guys who, when they get hot, like you rely on them. And kudos to Mayor who would put these guys in their lineup builders and just their weekly pickups. All these crazy Chicago Cubs guys who go on hot streaks. And again, you look at uh, Schwindel. He's Pittsburgh the rest of the week. Like that. That's a pitching staff that that you can uh you can hit on there so yeah i do think that especially this week you can rely on him and uh it, it probably will go well long term though these guys can cool down as quickly as they heat up so i wouldn't be like yeah i've got a guy who i can put in my first base for the rest of the year but i do think short term you can definitely rely on him well, and that is something that you and I talked about last week, which is at this point in the year, you don't really care as much about long-term. You care about short-term. You just care about a guy that can get you hot over the weekend to get you over the top. And and Schwindel could be a guy that does that. I'm certainly not going to pretend that I have the utmost confidence in him, but you're right. I mean, going up against Pittsburgh, there's no reason why he can't stay hot for at least a few more days. Javi Baez made a lot of headlines uh, the other day. I, as you being the, the Mets guy, I will let you sort of take take the lead on this one. But obviously he had... Uh, a very uh, interesting interaction with the fans, with the thumbs down. And then, he, of course, turned it around. In fact, the way it's written here in our notes is Javier Baez turns the fans' thumbs upside down, which is pretty good. Uh, I wrote that. The ninth I, inning I, with the I RBI single and then scored from first on a single and an error with a wild scamper. Dan, how excited were you watching that? Uh, first of all, I wrote that. Um, second of all, I was beyond excited i was actually watching with my son my little eight-year-old doesn't really root for the mets because he doesn't like to really adopt my teams he finds it more fun to root against but he kind of likes the mets and he was watching it while i was working right now in my office because it was the first game that we're finishing up a, a game that had started like you know in april i think or something like that and we watched it and it was it was pretty awesome um the one thing i will say is you and i were talking a little bit about how much just even as as players we enjoy fantasy football right like like that it's a wonderful game it's a weekly game your Sundays are awesome like goes crazy but as a pure sport you and I really really appreciate baseball and I I actually think that the bias situation is one of the real reasons why baseball is incredible as a Mets fan like put aside just like a detached observer as a Mets fan yeah I was like come on Javi Bias, what is this nonsense like don't do this I don't really care if you're on the team you're not playing well you're not really helping and at that moment at that moment, he first comes up to bat with runners on and he, we need a hit. He's my favorite player. And then he goes nuts and scampers around with a great side and makes it. And suddenly it's like Javi Baez is the hero. That just doesn't happen in, in every other sport. And it can't turn like that in a day. So it was really it, it was really awesome just to watch. I, I did yell. My daughter came running up to be like, what happened, Dad? Are you OK? I was like, no, no, that's exciting. So it was really cool to see on just a pure baseball level. Well, and, and Baez is, of course, one of the most electric players in the league. He he had the base running. Um, the I've never seen it before in Pittsburgh earlier this year where oh, he, yeah. he stopped coming back home when he was still with the Cubs, obviously, and, and ended up going around. And that was more on a brain fart from the Pirates. Uh, I forget Correct. who the first baseman was. I, w- I guess it's probably a good thing I forget his name so I don't uh, you know throw him even under the bus anymore. Um, but yeah, Baez is obviously somebody who makes just dynamic things happen. Hasn't been very good since coming to New York. Do you think there's any chance for a hot streak to end the season or, or is there anything you need to see to make him in your mind, somebody that you're going to be really comfortable targeting next year? So I think that Baez is a guy who I generally target in fantasy anyway, just because I play a lot of Roto. I know Joe always talks about head to head. Head to head is a little maddening just because the strikeout rate never walks and everything like that. Certainly in points leagues, he takes a hit, but overall, look, 
Bias hits is a middle infielder who hits for a ton of power. He steals some bases. The average isn't going to help you, but he basically piles on accounting stats everywhere. I'll take Avi Baez every year. People kind of give him a little bit of unnecessary hate because from a real baseball perspective, it's very frustrating to watch him offensively. I think it's just as likely that he's going to get raging hot over the final month as it is that he is going to strike out three times every single game. That's just the Javi Baez sort of way of being. So look, if you roster him, nobody's dropped him. I, I highly doubt despite how cold he's been. Yeah, whatever, man, you roll that guy out and you hope for the hot streak, but there's, there's really no way to know if it's going to be really, really good or really, really bad over like a three or four week period. Another talented player who has not had the best season for fantasy managers, Blake Snell. He did have a great outing last night, seven innings, no earned runs, zero hits, two walks, 10 strikeouts. It did come against Arizona. So take it with a pretty large grain of salt, uh, but he, he has not been very good this season. It is encouraging to see him go out and put it all together for a night. Of course, once again, he's having this great start and pulled early, or are you on board with taking him out even with the no hit, uh, no hitter through seven? I mean, with Blake Snell, you give me five innings. I, I think you're good. You go to seven. I'm like, oh, his arms are going to fall off for sure. I'm okay with it. Uh, you know, and especially because they need to win. The interesting thing about Snell is he's just kind of doing what you need to do when you have a pitch that's really working. And again, it, I call it the Patrick Corbin philosophy, which, you know, not like he invented it, but he went from a guy who was like, you know, I've got this really good slider. Maybe I should go from throwing it like 15% of the time, 20% of the time to 40% of the time and just lean into it. That's basically what Snell has done. He's become a two pitch pitcher. Now in August, he threw his forcing fastball and his slider, a combined 91% like, or 90%. Yes. That's, that's it. That's what you're getting. And you can't really survive that way over the long term. I mean, maybe you can, but that's like a relief sort of stuff. He has just stopped throwing his changeup, stopped throwing it, leaned into the slider, and it's really working. He's gone seven innings three times, I think, over the last like several starts. So that's awesome in terms of, and so I do think he's somebody who fancy managers at this point. If you held on to him forever, kudos to you. And I think you are going to be rewarded here down the stretch in terms of pulling him with a no hitter. Totally, dude. I watch my boy, Johan Santana, and I'll take that any day of the week to get the Mets a no hitter. Uh, but I watched it essentially ruin his career. So I'm all for it. Just take the guy out. Let him let him go. I got to experience my first no hitter as a fan this season when John Means did it. Should have been a perfect game. We can yes. that that's a debate for another day. Uh, I do I am one of those managers who held on to Blake Snell through this all in a dynasty league. And I did not start him this week. So that's that's what I get. <laughs> Come on, man. Come <laughs> on, I, man. I lost the faith at the worst possible time. <laughs> yeah, wait, and what is it? You lost faith at the time where he was like, hey, Ryan, I'm okay. You're I'm good now. Go for it. You were like, nah, man. I know I've held you the whole season, but this <laughs> this this under two ERA in August, I'm just I'm not feeling you know, it. You I, just sit on the I, bed. I've got a deep team. staff. I was trying to play the matchups mm -hmm. and two-star pitchers, and it's you know, it didn't work out. That's that's um that's why you're the guest and I'm just the host. Correct. <laughs> Right. Move, moving on to the bad, uh, Lucas Giolito exits with hamstring tightness, just went four and a third, three hits, two runs, five strikeouts, four walks. Also on the White Sox staff, Lance Lynn headed to the IL with knee inflammation. He's only expected to miss one start, so hopefully that's not going to hurt you too much. He's, I believe, second in Cy Young odds in the AL this year. He's obviously having a terrific season. Giolito has been one of the better pitchers in baseball over the last couple of seasons, not as good as Lynn. This year, it I get worried with hamstring tightness because he is saying it's not going to be a long time out. I think they're doing an MRI today, but
but that that's an injury that can linger for a while, especially for a pitcher. So I, I would consider myself fairly concerned. How are you feeling about both of those guys? Uh, pretty much right in line with how you are concerned about Giolito for sure. Soft tissue injury is not ever good. And again, we, we have talked about this a bunch of times where if you're the White Sox, you could shut everybody down if you want. You could phantom IL the whole staff and you're fine. You're going to win that division other than the fact that you don't want them to have too lengthy layoffs. So part of it, like Lance Lynn is probably a little more, you know, kind of massaging to Dodgeritis here to make sure that like his innings stay in check and he's ready for the playoffs. But Lynn was in the start and you saw, and he wasn't that good. He was walking some guys and then you saw him kind of like pull up a little bit. My guess is you're going to see very little from Giolito here down the stretch. Lynn, I do expect to just miss one start because he's a hoss, as we like to call him, and he'll just go out there. But this is the risk. We saw it with Rodon. We see it with pretty much every White Sox pitcher. If you rely on them, you got to make sure you're you're finding other options because it may not go well. Yeah, and they are they are exactly right now 10 games up in the division. So we, they've been leading that division all season long. They were yeah. the favorites going into the year. That's not a surprise that they're there. But 10 games, it, once you hit September, I mean, it's it's a lock of locks. So they're, yeah. they're certainly not going to rush anybody back. Um, the other Sox team not getting some good news. The Red Sox, they have had, I believe, six COVID-19 positive tests at this point. Uh, Xander Bogarts, obviously, being the most recent and the biggest name of those guys. Um, he was removed in the middle of the game after the positive test. So you also have to wonder who else did he come into contact with before and during the game. So it's really a mess there. Um, I haven't seen any uh, you know, rumors of them actually forfeiting games or anything like that. So I'm not really sure what it's going to turn into. But is this a situation where you just kind of have to cross your fingers and and hope and wait if you're uh, rostering one of these players or a Red Sox fan? I mean, what do you do here? I, I you're right. There's really not much you can do if you're a Red Sox fan or, or you roster, obviously, Red Sox players. This is an actual outbreak here. And again, it was very bizarre that he was pulled in the middle of the game. I think he had, he had an RBI double or something like that. And it's like, sorry, you're out. So it, it's a little worrisome. I think the best thing to do, frankly, is if you're in like a lineup that has a weekly lineup lock, I would basically like I'd analyze the matchups for all your Red Sox players. And then I'd take it down a little bit. If I'm choosing between two players, just to be like, I have to add in that fact that there is this added risk that these guys are just going to go pulled. Like I have Bogarts, no reason to think he wouldn't play this whole week. And now I'm basically down a spot. I think you just have to factor that in. And so if you're choosing between a Red Sox player to start and somebody else, who's maybe a little, you know, less worthy or something like that, but close enough, I think I just go with that option. Cause this is a situation where you want to avoid if, if at all possible. Yeah, and I know last season, a lot of leagues, my, my league did this too, where they sort of had uh, rosters lock in the middle of the week, like you had it twice during the week, just for this exact scenario. A lot of leagues didn't do that this year because you sort of feel like you we're, we're somewhat moved past the, the pandemic, but clearly like not totally out of the woods yet. So it is another factor that you have to keep in mind when setting your lineups each week. Let's move on to the Tuesday pitching standouts. Zach Plesak, seven shutout innings, two hits, seven strikeouts did come against the Royals. Brandon Woodruff, six innings, one run, eight strikeouts against the first place Giants. Lance McCullers, five shutout, three strikeouts against the Mariners. And you say Kikuchi, seven shutout, four strikeouts against the Astros. Do any of those guys stand out to you, Dan? Not particularly. I, I will say, you know, Plesak is somebody who Mayer is, yeah, see, he's already, hold on, I'll show him here, uh, who Mayer is very excited about already, and he teases me every single time. I, look, <laughs> Plesak has a 449 ERA, a 113 whip, mediocre strikeout numbers, and this game against the Royals, so not really. I will say that Kikuchi is always interesting to me. It's always a little weird. This is against the Astros, so it's pretty good, only 
four strikeouts, but whatever. He's got a 412 ERA and a 123 whip, but he is kind of somebody who I just kind of put Yusei Kikuchi in my lineup. I realize they're going to be ups and downs. But this guy I'm just kind of throwing out there. The rest of the guys, Woodruff is great. McCullers, you know, is going to be up and down a little bit. So that was fine against the Mariners. But Kikuchi's really the guy who I think he's a guy who I don't think gets enough love. He has kind of mediocre numbers, but he's kind of a guy I just throw out there. I know nobody cares about my team, but I will say I did start in that same league, Zach Plesak, this week. So I at least got one good start out of, out of my pitching staff for, for the night. Um, a couple other Tuesday uh, standouts on the pitching side. Charlie Morton, who we talked about last week briefly. Yep. Six innings, one earned run, eight strikeouts against the Dodgers. So that's a bit more impressive than what he did against the Yankees last week. Walker Bueller in the same game, seven innings, two runs, five strikeouts. And Zach Allen, six innings, three runs, four walks, four strikeouts against the Padres. In his last three starts, he's gone 18 innings, allowed just three earned runs, and has 19 strikeouts. Any of those three uh, pique your interest for what they did last night? I think really the only guy, you know, Bueller is awesome. Morton has been very, very solid pretty much throughout the entire season. It's really Gallon who had been really rough for a while. And it was sort of a thing where do we even roster Zach Gallon at this point? But you mentioned it, seven shutout innings in Colorado, uh, three starts ago. The Phillies, he had, uh, you know, no earned runs or anything like that. Yesterday was fine against the Padres. So I wouldn't say that Gallon is entirely back. He's still sort of, you know, the, the control is a little bit up there. But I do think that this has gone from a guy who, at this point, like, we have no loyalty, okay? We we got we to gotta win. We got to finish out the season strong. So long-term, didn't really care. Gallon was a guy who I think, like, you could have dropped him in fine with. I have a lot more confidence. It looks like he just needed some time kind of to get his sea legs back under him. So com- pretty confident in Gallon. Good to see, again, another pretty pretty solid start here. Hitting standouts on Tuesday, Wander Franco continues to be just like unbelievable and and jaw dropping at at just how easy he makes everything look. He extends his on base streak to 31 games. Reminder: He's a rookie. Who's is he even 20 yet? I mean, what what an absolute stud! Yeah. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., fifth player, 22 or younger, to hit 39 homers in 130 games. And that's kind of one of those like obscure, like very specific stats, yeah. but. I mean, you look at the other guys who have done that. It's Joe DiMaggio, Eddie Matthews, Johnny Bench, and Cody Bellinger. And obviously, Bellinger hasn't quite lived up to that in the last couple of seasons. Obviously, a lot of that is injury-related, but those are some pretty great names to be uh, listed in, in the same stat as Matt Chapman, two for five, two homers, three RBI. Ahmed Rosario, five for five, two homers, five RBI. He has 10 homers and 12 stolen bases on the season, 290 average. And he is just the fifth player in Indians history to go five for five or better with two homers in a game. Those names, not as exciting as the other stat. It's Jose Ramirez, Lonnie Chisenhall, Estrubal Cabrera, and Victor Martinez. But still, those aren't bad names. Hey, you're on a, you're on a list with Lonnie Chisenhall. You're doing something right. That's all I'll, I'll say. Yeah. One uh, of those wasn't inside the park home run. They all count. But it's worth noting, okay? Sure. Like, let's tone it down a little bit. I mean, really, inside the park, whatevs. Inside the Parker is pretty rare, also pretty rare stealing home. It's especially rare when the person stealing home is a pitcher. Shohei Otani had two steals in the game, including a steal of home. I mean, 42 homers, 22 stolen bases, the best ERA since the end of June. Now, I will point out the Orioles kind of took him to town last week to break their 19 game losing streak. And I just really wanted to mention that since I was in the building for it. Yeah. But of course, he's been the obvious MVP. I think he's like minus four thousand odds to to win the MVP. He's been the yeah. best player in baseball that we that we've seen it in a few years at this point. What he's doing this season is just wildly impressive. But uh, but yeah, stealing home just another yeah, icing on the cake. There, uh, Abraham Toro hit a grand slam off Kendall Graveman 
And Andrew McCutcheon, two for four with a homer, three RBI, two walks. Kind of a boring veteran, but he's a guy that can help you in points leagues. Uh, look, looking at the Tuesday duds, Jamison Tyone, four and two-thirds, six runs, six strikeouts against the Angels, who aren't very good. In his last four starts, he's given up 17 earned runs in 18 and two-thirds innings. Yikes. <laughs> Tariq Skubal, five innings, six runs, six Ks against the A's. Edward Cabrera, four innings, seven hits, three runs. Cole Irvin, somebody who was a pretty nice streamer early in the season, has not been as good in the second half. Four and two-thirds innings, nine base runners, just two strikeouts. And Johnny Cueto, three and two-thirds, six runs, just one strikeout against the Brewers. How worried are you about any of those guys? Pick your favorite or least favorite, as it were. I mean, I think basically all of them are relatively irrelevant. Not not all of them, I guess. Cueto, obviously, just somebody you can fill in. Actually, this is nice, Ryan. I, you know, I don't, I don't think you've gotten to this point yet, but you will. Where people ask you questions about, like, do I start this player tonight? In baseball, that's always very difficult for me, right? Because I'm like a very long-term person, maybe for the week. But if you're saying on one day, do I start this guy or this guy? It makes me nervous because anything can happen. And somebody asked me like on Twitter, me and Tuma, hey, do I start Johnny Cueto tonight? And I was just like, I just don't feel it. Like a first start off the COVID IL, I would avoid. And when he gets hit hard, it, it just makes you feel, you know, so feeling better than doing better in your own fantasy leagues. But that said, I wouldn't have started Johnny Cueto and I'm not <laughs> going forward. Cole Urban is whatever. I don't really care doesn't strike out that many guys. Edward Cabrera, again, it just he doesn't have the strikeouts, I think, really to to matter. Tariq Skubal, I know people love him. I don't go crazy. Tyone is is somebody, the, the one guy I think who stands out because he had gone on a really, really nice run there for a while. Everything's coming back down to earth. I do think that at the end of the year, we're going to look back on what we saw from Tyone this year and be happy and say, OK, I'm encouraged. I'm excited to see what I can go and and get from him next year and that's how i feel right now but for the remainder of the year man i don't know like i i doubt i'm going to feel comfortable starting him week in and week out tyon obviously a very talented guy he went number two overall in, in the draft back in 2010 of course that was 11 years ago so yep. at a certain point yeah you know, he kind of is what he is stop being why... an ageist stop being an ageist okay <laughs> I, I understand I don't, people, I don't know why people wouldn't want my short-term predictions because just last week i was asked to pick who was going to hit a home run and this I kind of nailed it. So, I mean, how many times can I reference last week, by the way, in one show? It's fine. But was that before or after you tweeted out that you were at the game to see Shohei Otani pitch a no-hitter? Was that uh, I forget which one? Uh, no comment, actually. Okay, just, got just it. A definitive no comment. With uh, so, Some news and notes from last night. Ozzy Albies carted off the field after fouling a ball off his knee. The x-rays were negative, but you never like to see a guy carted off, especially somebody who's as young and talented as Albies. Zach Granke placed on the COVID IL list. JT Real Muto remains sidelined with his ankle injury. Tristan McKenzie is returning on Thursday, so that's exciting to see a young pitcher coming back. He's had a couple of good starts this season. George Springer exits the game for precautionary reasons. Reynaldo Lopez is starting on Saturday to fill in for Lance Lynn, as we mentioned. Tim Anderson remains sidelined. Again, these White Sox players, they don't need to rush their guys back for any reason whatsoever. Joe Ryan is making his MLB debut on Wednesday. Versus yep. the Cubs, he's the twin sixth prospect, I believe. They're like a middle-of-the-pack farm system, so he's not some superstar, but he did come over from the Rays. Obviously, a, a pretty talented guy. And the Phillies have so scored seven-plus runs in six straight games, which is the longest streak since a seven-game streak back in 1933. No, Dan, I cannot tell you any movies that came out in 1933. I have not seen them, if they even exist. And that is the year to give you a sense of how long ago it was. Chuck Klein won the Triple Crown. Yeah, when you get an obscure note like that, by the way, you can – blame brendan tuma if brendan tuma was in charge of adding in all our show notes 
everything would be weird things about what hasn't happened to a player under the age of 31 by more than two months in a year where the sun only came up 14 times before 7 a.m. He's Tuma. Uh, yeah, that's cool. The movies from 1933 rock. I have less respect for you now than I used to, but it's fine. Go back. Go watch Wings, first ever movie to win Best Picture at the Oscar, and then we can talk. But uh, yeah, all right. It was crazy things. I'm going to comment on one or two of them. You cool with that? Go for it. All right. I'm worried about Springer. I was watching that game. He rounded second. He looked hurt. It's bad. Springer's been good whenever he's played, but I, I am concerned about this. Albies, again, with the x-rays negative, I don't expect him, though, to be able to. I mean, he was carried off, like, with, but I, he could not put any weight on it whatsoever. So uh, I, I'm expecting him to miss at least a few games here. Could even be a short uh, IL stint. And Ronaldo Lopez, somebody who, like, back in the day, everybody was really excited, could be an impact starter, has not had a good career, but has had a good season when he started. So as long as he's starting, he's somebody who I think you can probably get away with streaming, and nobody wants him. Yeah, that, that's fair. He, he's a guy that, yeah, there, there's been a couple of seasons where it's, hey, he, he could be a sleeper this season. Yep. He's got some talent yep. and then has never really even come all that close to putting it all together. So what I'm hearing is that when I see a note like that from Tuma, I should cut it. And speaking of cuts, I oh. have some horror stories about having to trim myself in some of my special areas. <laughs> Now I don't you're know already so, you're so much better than Tuma already. Like <laughs> I honestly, go ahead. I don't know. <laughs> that was pretty fun. I, I don't know everybody well enough yet to share any of these horror stories. Maybe if we ever do an early morning drinking episode, you might get me to uh to be a little more open about it. But that is why Manscaped created the Lawnmower 4.0. It, it is different from all other trimmers out there that you will find a multifunction on-off switch that can engage a travel lock for people who like to do this on the go. Uh, has the ability to have a special 4000K LED spotlight that you can turn on and off for a more precise shave. It allows you to customize your trim all over. Um, it's sleek, and with promo code leading off, you can get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Again, that's promo code leading off. Dan, how did I do? I mean, exceptional, exceptional. You've tanked the rest of the show, but that was really, really good. Nice, Nicely done. That I, I appreciate that. Uh, let's move into our home run calls. Uh, looks like Go Cards has four homers in five days. Very yes. well done. He called Vlad last night. Derek from Ta Texas, Ack Ack is up to 23. Mayor himself, I guess he probably put that in the notes because he wanted me to give him credit for Shredell. He's up to 21. A couple other folks also at 21 after calling Vlad. And 19 different people at this point have called at least 20 homers this awesome. season. That is pretty impressive. We'll make our calls later at the end of the episode. Moving on to the DFS slate. I don't know if any of these guys stand out to you. Some pretty big names on the pitcher side. Scherzer, yep. Garrett Cole, Chris Sale, Rodon, Aaron Nola. Although for Nola, it is important to note there is heavy rain in the forecast. And I can attest to that as I live in Maryland, you know, right in between Philly and DC. I, I'm not sure where that game is, but in the area. And I was woken up at 3 a.m. last night with a torrential downpour that lasted nearly an hour. So there's a lot of rain in the area. So uh, that is something I would be wary of. Um, any of those guys stand out to you at their price? Yeah. Um, I mean, look, they're 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 gonna cost you an arm and a leg here. Uh, you know, Cole is a little bit of a discount on DraftKings. He's only 9-9 as compared to Scherzer, who's 10-9, and Sale, who's 10-4. So I'm fine with going uh him against Angels, especially with the uh with the opposing pitcher. Hold on, I want to make sure I get his name right because I don't think Packy Naughton 
Packy Naughton is the Angels starting pitcher in that game. So you basically pencil the Yankees in for a win. But for me, especially because even if Albies is mostly healthy, he's not going to play today. And so I think that makes Scherzer pretty intriguing. The Dodgers still not in first place, still chasing the Giants. So they need to win every single game that they possibly can. So I'm probably going to pay the hefty prices here and go up to Scherzer, at least on FanDuel, where I think, you know, 11-5, you can make a lineup, uh, you know, even with that sort of price. Maybe on DraftKings, I take the $1,000 discount to Garrett Cole. But on FanDuel, I'm definitely going Scherzer, especially without all these in the opposing lineup. No shots at Packy Nodden. He's a much better athlete than I am, but really, like, impressive by the Angels to go back to 1890 to find the right. tonight. Just- I mean, that's not a real I, – I, my joke with Mayer is – He'll text me a name and I'll be like, that's not a real person. Like, we know that that, that's a character about like baseball in the 1920s or something like that. And a guy that you found in a carnival and you were like coming in. And again, to be clear, Packy Naughton, who I can't pick out of a lineup and know nothing about, is better at baseball than I am at anything or ever will be. So Packy Naughton was definitely the third best friend between Steve Rogers and Bucky Barnes back in (laughs) in the 1940s. Oh my God. Now, I mean, this is very good. That's correct. That's exactly what he is. Like there's nobody been, I don't know. That can't be his real name, right? I got to look it up. You keep going. I don't know. I mean, I just, I don't know yes. how, as a parent, and I, I am not a parent, but you are, you can have a child and look at him and say, this guy just looks like a Packy. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. It, it could be a family name. It could, it's got to be something where you think about him, like that's the name before. I'm looking at just to make yeah. sure if that is his full name. It, it a, appears to be full name. Oh, all right. His full name is Patrick. Oh. Patrick Joseph Naughton. Goes by Packy. I like it though, right? Because you gotta, yeah. you gotta have. Hands out. I'm he's so young. We, um, we never would have talked about him otherwise, and so that's that's, just, that's good branding on his part. And I'm sure he's a really nice guy. I don't, I didn't go into this uh, show Correct. planning to go right. in so hard on Packy Naughton, but good, yeah, good luck to him tonight. It's my fault. It's my fault. I got very excited about Packy Naughton. Mean, we, we um, what you once you took it, we had we had to run with it. Um, yeah. So lineup builders tonight: Luke Voigt, Bobby Dahlbeck, Josh Harrison, Yasmani Grandal, and Ian Happ. Uh, salaries 3200 2400 2700 on FanDuel 3400 3200 3900 on DraftKings any of those guys appeal to you yeah I mean uh, Dahlbeck's been hot uh, he's been really you know he's he's uh, you know getting into it right now so I do like him for sure did you mention Grandal or were we getting there sorry I, didn't I did I don't think I mentioned okay. his price which is 2800 that's fine on no FanDuel. no but I, the reason I want to point out about Grandal is that obviously you don't have to play a catcher on Fandle or anything like that. He's 5,500 on DraftKings, um, 2,800 uh, on Fandle. You don't have to play a catcher, obviously, on Fandle. But so I think a lot of people avoid catchers. Like, they don't really care about it necessarily. But I think when you have a guy like Grandal, that, that whole team sort of has a couple of these guys who are really hot. But Grandal is really, really just, you know, he's getting going right now against max Kranick, i think also not a real person um on the on the pirates so he's somebody who i think most people kind of gloss over and fandle but you can start yeah i think that's a pretty good call and speaking of calls it's time for me to follow up my oft discussed just absolutely blew everybody out of the water home run call of last week when i called anthony santander against otani got to see in person first inning it was a shot it was awesome i was so excited 
Uh, this week, I'm just going to go first because I'm the host. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to go a little much less out on a limb and and take Vladdy again just because yes. he's absolutely owned the Orioles this season um, and their pitching is awful. And even if Matt Harvey has a good start tonight, he could probably hit three home runs against the bullpen just in a single inning the way they've been pitching. So I will take Vladdy uh, to try and go two for two and, and stay hitting a thousand here. Who is your home run call, Dan? You know I've got to go against Packy Naughton just because <laughs> I need an excuse to be able to watch the game. And I, I mean, I, I don't want, oh, his on Twitter handle, his Twitter handle is Packy underscore eight. So I'm going to follow him right after this because wow. I'm very excited and I'm rooting for him, but I am rooting for Aaron Judge to hit a home run off him because that's my home run call. And I, I have no basis for it. I like we're at the point right now where I refuse to basically dig in if I can just take somebody against Packy Naughton. So Aaron Judge, my official home run call, Packy Naughton, Throw a complete game, one hitter with one home run allowed to Aaron Judge. You know, maybe maybe next time I'm on, we can have Packy Naughton's Twitter handle here instead of mine or yeah. Pros underscore. Let's get that guy some followers, actually. Hold on. Let's see what we've got. I, I need to see how many followers he has. He only has 1,420 followers. Wow. Ready? Is he verified? 1,421. He is verified right now. Wow. Packy 8, Packy Naughton, pitcher in the LA Angels organization, former Virginia Tech Hokie, grind until you don't have to introduce yourself anymore that wow. that that's i mean i i should have been following this guy for a long time packy 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 i got your back man all are, day long are, are you verified dan no i'm not verified but i it's by choice i don't, okay, don't want to okay. be right to to be act to be honest i have not once applied for verification like i realize like it would be good um but i find that anybody i know on a personal level who is verified is a pretty deplorable human being. Are you verified, Ryan? Uh, I am, as a matter of ah. fact. I did not personally apply to do it. See, once you reach a certain status, they come to you and say, hey, we see that you're making some waves out here. Can we, would you please allow us to verify you? And I said, you know what? Of course, I, I want to help you out. This small startup app, I will, I will do you the favor of allowing you to verify me. Um, and, you know, sometimes like it just works out well for people. I, I, I'm not saying anything, I'm just saying. Yeah, I have two very, uh, three uh, people that I, I mildly am, I'll, I'll use the term friends very loosely. Uh, you, Mayor, Kyle Yates, all three verified, all three just bottom 2% human beings on the planet. So it just, I, I'm just not going to go there. I'm going to stay unverified all day long. When I first started at Fantasy Pros, uh, a bunch of the people just in our Slack channel were like, hey, I just found out that this this like this like guy just started here. I just found your Twitter. You're verified. Wait, you only have like 600 followers? Are you famous in D.C. or something? And I was like, no, not even remotely close. <laughs> well, you know, the verified thing here is like a huge deal because Tags has applied for verification 7,500 times. I have like worked with Tags to make sure that he has applied for verification. I know people who have been verified. I have followed the same steps except put in Tags' information and he just gets denied. And we have never figured out why. So anytime anybody is verified, especially someone like you, very clearly doesn't deserve it. It kind of irks us a little bit. But that's that, why I'm stand firm with Tags. Never verified until Tags is. That's all. That's totally fair. I appreciate it. I respect it. It's a real power move on your part. Dan, I thank you for letting me host today. I hope despite your misgivings that you had as much fun as I did because I had a blast. We will be back tomorrow, which is, to be clear for everybody, a Thursday tomorrow. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for tuning in today. And uh, I'm Ryan Warmly for Dan Harris. We'll see you next time.